0: Nightmare on Edgewood just finished their 45th season, and we'll discuss how it went. That's coming up on today's show. Welcome to the show. I'm Philip. On the HAN show, we bring the haunt industry to you every weekday. We have news, education, and on location coverage from Halloween experiences around the world. Whether you're a professional or enthusiast, each episode helps you better prepare for Halloween. Outside of this podcast, we have videos, education, and even events. Links to everything are in the show notes. Okay, Nightmare on Edgewood in Indianapolis, Indiana is a large indoor facility with three haunted attractions. They were awarded both the highest-rated haunt in Indiana and the scariest haunt in Indiana this year by The Scare Factor. Despite all that, they faced a few challenges this year, which we're going to explore in today's show. If you're bummed about not catching the show this year, don't worry, because Nightmare on Edgewood will be open December 10th and 17th for their holiday show. We'll also talk about that at the end of the show. Okay, here's Kevin.
1: My name is Kevin Cook. I own and operate Nightmare on Edgewood Haunted Attraction. Been doing it for, this will be my 15th season owning it. This is our 45th season of Nightmare on Edgewood being in business. We're three different themed attractions. This year we have a school, a house, and a barn. One thing we pride ourselves on is we are a full contact haunted attraction, you will be touched, picked up, you know, as you'll see in the the video. One thing we like to do is we change 60 to 70% of the haunt every season. Our building itself is about 40,000 square feet. The three haunts themselves take up about 35,000 square feet of that. Part of the barn, Conley Manor, we did go upstairs, something new we tried this year with the multi-level. Hopefully next year there'll be more of that now that we've kind of played with it a little bit. So we just try to take up all the space we can take up. The multi-level cabin was new this year? That was, that was new, new. Wow. So we've had the Conley, Conley Farm, this will be the second season. So to change it up a little bit, we added the second story with the meat conveyor. We really wanted guests to see other guests being tormented yep. and laughing at them. And then they ended up becoming the guests that were being tormented while someone else was laughing at them. Tell me a little bit about the
0: full-contact nature of it. We saw Tyler and Nora get kind of pulled out of scenes and, you know, kind of tortured, and especially that scene was very intense because you yep. get the, the, the cleaver coming down on the wood, and it's very loud, and you can hear it, and you can see everything. Why do you include that,
1: and how do you decide what's going to be a good, op- like, moment in those scenes? So, as long as Nightmare on Edgewood itself has been around, it's always been a touch haunt. Before I owned it, it was a touch haunt. Before, uh, Anyone in Indiana touched, we were the only ones doing that currently. So we wanted to capitalize on that and keep it going. A lot of our customers during like COVID year, when we had to back up of the touch, mm-hmm. weren't going to come through the attraction. So our customers have come to want the touch part, but not, Not where we'll harm them. You know, we only have a certain amount of staff that are actually allowed to physically pick you up. Our veteran staff are the ones that are allowed to physically pick you up. So like when you went through our haunt, the three stages to Conley Manor, that was the climax. Mm -hmm. So we kind of planned it that way too, that everyone was kind of touching you, but by the time you get to Conley Manor, now you don't really know if this is reality. The big touch scenes, they were, the actors were able to pull them almost into a scene area
0: so that the line could continue, the group behind the group that was being touched can keep walking. Is that normal? Is that is that to kind of keep your throughput going, or does the whole thing stop when the touches? So you happening?
1: get you get some groups that run and some groups yeah. that walk. Yeah. So any haunt owner has an issue with or has problems with people catching up yes. a Congo line. Yes. So when that time comes on those rooms that take a little longer, some of the other groups will be bypassed, like they're going through and you're on the table and they're just going to keep going like they think you're okay. part of the scene. Okay. We well, no, we don't do that with every group. He tries to put every group on the table, but if we start getting busy. As the night goes, you got a group that took off sprinting, this group's sitting in the corner, eventually they're going to catch yeah. up. So the slow group gets put on the yeah. table because they won't leave while the fast group keeps yeah. moving. So it
0: really does make for a unique experience for each group yeah. then because they get, they'll, they'll get different moments with the different actors. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's what we try to do is spread it out throughout. Looking at this season, how, how did the season go for you all? So we were down on numbers overall. We kind of, you know, COVID kind of climaxed. A lot of haunts opened when bars and stuff couldn't. And the following year, it was a little bit higher. And then this year, went down. So I think everything's just catching up. There's more to do. You know, before there wasn't as many football games and bars and all this other stuff. And now everyone can go do everything. You know, that and the economy. So stuff was down a little bit. Did you adjust your ticket prices at all this year? We did go up. We went up $5. We we learned it really wasn't that that scared them away. No one really... Barked at $5 more, but obviously with everything being so expensive, we just didn't have a choice. Staffing's getting harder and you gotta pay more to get more people. We hadn't raised our price in eight or 10 years. I can't remember my last price hike, it's been a while. We all have full-time jobs, a lot of haunters do. Uh, We try to sink as much into the haunt as we can. So that's, you know, we try to put the customer first. What are you thinking about next year? To be honest, I'm not sure. This year I quit guessing when our numbers weren't lining up with the year before. We're going to try to build more of our own props. A lot of the props you saw, we we did manufacture in-house. We buy a lot too, but this year I think we're going to manufacture more to try to save some of that money so we can have more stuff for less money is what we're going to have to try.
0: There's only so many directions you can go with a haunt at this size. Correct. You're already kind of at the max. Size, I would say, for an indif- for like a standalone attraction. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of either you add velvet ropes, or you add a midway, or you add ex- like extraneous things, or really like there's not, and and your path is relatively locked. Yeah. So what, what are you thinking about in terms of like
1: long term plans? Long term plan is by the building we're in. The building we're in is close to 160,000 square feet. We only take up 40 of it. So it's triple the size of what we have. Yeah. Right now we can't do the midways and stuff because of parking issues. So yeah. we're kind of trying to lock in more parking, stuff like that too. the house and the school are coming out. So the two you saw today, two of the three will be demolished. So I'm sure my staff will be happy when they hear that. <clears throat> so Conley Manor will come back. The barn that has been a crowd favorite the last two years. It will get some overhauls, but not. Not a gut. What do you think will be the largest challenge for you next year? Staffing. Staffing? Really still? Staffing's been the hardest thing we've had. Really? Um, you, a lot of people don't understand what it takes to be a haunter. You wow. always lose four or five great guys that yeah. get families, move, better jobs. They just can't commit anymore. And then you backfill with one or two that you gained from the year. So you're always trying to get those better guys. And yeah. everybody comes in. I mean, we, we had over 200 actors sign up. And then we struggled to get 60 to 65 inside the haunt. Yep. Because they just come in, they work a week, and they're like, well, that's work. And they don't come back. <laughs> they think yeah. you're gonna come in, you're gonna jump out of a dark corner, go boo, and get back yeah. in the corner. And it's it's quite the opposite. It's, it's, oh. it's hard work. Well, it's tough. It's tough when you
0: have such a competitive labor market to, you know, yeah. they can go out and they can get a job at a Starbucks or a Target and get, a lot of high pay and then yeah. regular hours and we can't guarantee they'll have work all year and then you know it's yeah. very physically demanding no yeah. matter what position you're in so yep. and then people are crazy i feel like this year especially guests have been there's been a lot of drama with guests this year yeah
1: the the the, the crowd this year was different there was nights you just walk through the haunt you're not hearing much yeah. and you walk in the staff are like we're giving it all over all, and they're just looking at us <laughs> so yeah. it's the, the the crowds this year are getting a little different are you gonna angry. try anything different for the staffing? To be honest, you just gotta find that individual and get yeah. them to stay with you. You get some people that stick it out just because they just stick it out. To get those really good guys, you just try to take care of them. We try feeding every Saturday night on top of the pay. And we don't, you know, we don't do just pizza anymore. We have an actual in-house chef, Danny, who makes a home-cooked meal every Saturday before yeah. we open. He smokes pulled pork for six hours. He goes above and beyond to make sure they get a good food. I really don't know what the answer is to staffing. We've talked about, well, you raise the rate, and you're going to pay more for the same stuff you get. You know, we get 35 of our actors are like double the pay and get rid of everybody else so we can just be done with this. But then everybody can't commit to every single night. So now you have to have extras to backfill. We're going to try to do more with the animatronics, more ups and downs, more moving things I can't go in depth with to kind of take place of an actor scare. Yeah. A more interactive animatronics, so to say, yeah. I don't want to really reveal too much. <laughs> well, it's, it's just tough. You're in a unique yeah. position because
0: when you're adding the touch to it and you're adding those scenes like that. So, so them guys that
1: actually physically pick you up that they're stuck,
0: they're stuck. Uh, yeah, we they're have, stuck. you
1: know, six team leads like a lot of haunts that yeah. bounce around. You'll see multiple times, but they're not set to that scene to make that scene work. Yeah. Whereas our, our butcher is, you know, so he he is stuck. So that does make it hard that one guy can't do four different jobs. Yes. Yeah. We do have a couple of those run through drop windows where one person's hitting a couple of them. We might have to we might have to add more of that. You know, we mm-hmm. but we don't want to take away from what our customers are used to either. Yeah. So it's you know, who knows? Maybe I'll just dress up and work next year too. Yes. <laughs> Good plan.
0: Good plan. <laughs> Staffing challenge solved. We did, yep. did it. Guide. Yep.
1: Make all the build team go work. And you're doing Christmas coming up. We are December 10th and 17th. We are going to do Christmas. We take the whole haunt like everybody else and kind of just decorate everything up. We do take all the old school characters and bring them back, Freddy, Michael, Jason, Pennywise, and they all have ugly sweaters on. It's more of a fun event. And the people that usually come to that are more the haunt enthusiasts. All of our staff always looks forward to it, even though they're tired and worn out from the season. The Christmas is just more fun. Everybody's happier. Why the 17th? We notice our Saturdays are double to a third more than a Friday. So we decided this year to try two Saturdays. We pushed 10th and 17th because the Monster Bash, we want to have a little extra time, an extra week to, to get everything together. Yep. It takes a good two to three weeks to decorate for Christmas. 30 minutes to take it all down, but yeah. two to three weeks to put all the lights up. So, so that's kind of why we're, we're shooting for the two Saturdays. This is kind of our last gung ho for the holiday event. Yeah. If this is not any better than the last couple of years when we were we're going to scrap that so we can concentrate on the, the main show itself. Yeah. Today's episode was edited
0: by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope and original music composed by Chris Thomas. Support for today's episode comes from Gantum Lighting and Controls. Gantum illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. From Dark Hour to Netherworld, Super Mario Land to Hagrid's Bike, Gantum goes where other fixtures can't. See what you're missing with a free demo? Sign up at gantum.com slash demo. That's gantum.com slash demo. The HAN team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Omni Adventures. Until next time, stay scary. This is a Haunted
1: Attraction Network production.